episode 25 with Brooke and Maddie of Nash Sheville, the clothing brand. Guys, in today's episode, Brooke and Maddie sat down with me and we discussed the future plans and goals of Nash Sheville, why they came together to start this awesome business, how they empower women and children in many different ways, and how important it is to them that no matter what life throws at them, they continue to chase their passions. They have two very unique and really interesting stories that I'm excited to share with you all. And I hope you can take a little bit of their knowledge and wisdom and apply it to your life in some form or fashion. Uh, We end the podcast with them talking about the one word that they both want to be remembered as. And I think they both came up with two awesome words um, and two words that I've not heard yet. So sit back and enjoy. And uh, without further ado, Brooke and Maddie of Nashville. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to get on here with me. And um, my first question for you is, you guys are the founders of Nash Sheville. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did it. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't want to like add an extra shh in there. But <laughs> anyways, tell us how you guys kind of came together and how you started and came up with the idea of the brand. Okay. So, hey, I'm Brooke. Yes, this was kind of birthed out of getting to a point in my life where God had sent me down a ton of different paths and I was like, okay, it's time to make all of these roads intersect and make sense of kind of some crappy situations I've been in, some mountaintops I've been on. And so I was a hairstylist, love that, Um, had a great clientele, but I realized very quickly that I was a therapist for free when I was a hairstylist. I could see that. Yeah. I bet dudes don't do that the same way as women though. Like you don't pour your heart out to whoever cuts your hair. No. I, we keep it very, very vanilla. I guess less time, less yeah. time. When girls are but down it depends. And... Like if it's a hairstylist or somebody that I'm comfortable talking to. I, I, for me personally, I'm I'm okay with kind of being vulnerable. Yeah. All right. Need well, more I mean, dudes like that out I there. I know. <laughs> well, when people sit there, booties in my chair when I was a hairstylist, they started telling me everything that ever happened in their life, and I loved it, and I got so involved and. I'd come home from doing hair and my husband would be like, okay, you've been gone for 14 hours and you've made like a hundred bucks. What happened? I'm like, well, Vicky's husband left her and Johnny's got a broken leg and I just felt like I had to help. And so I realized very quickly that it was definitely going to be more of a ministry for me than a career, Mm -hmm. even though I had been braiding my Barbie's hair since I was five and I really felt like that's what I was supposed to do. (laughs) And I had a music business degree. I went to college and got that because of course, born and raised in Nashville, you have to do something in music, right? Right. And I realized really quickly after interning and stuff that, again, you're going to have to get by on living with barely anything <laughs> if you're going to really go for it in the music industry. And it's a, I it's have, a grind mentality, isn't it? It is. And I, so, you know, kind of creative side of me, I went into hair with that. Um, and so very quickly, I met a client that introduced me to the world of network marketing. I know some of you might be cringing the second that I say that, but it taught me more um, then four years of college combined did. And I was able to just meet so many different women and men and hear their stories and kind of hear their why behind mm-hmm. wanting to even start their own business. And just again, like with women who sat down in my chair, seeing how vulnerable people were right away and just seeing that need that they had to just make it. And so quickly I had 20,000 people on my team from all over the world. And 
um, we decided to adopt a little girl because we had a lot of friends in network marketing that had adopted and kind of introduced us to that world. And, and you have your own biological child though, right? I do. Yeah. So I have a seven-year-old um, and he was about four when we decided to adopt. And we had a great match with a young 16-year-old mom and I realized that I had a huge passion for teenage girls through kind of working with her, our birth mom. We're still very close with her to this day. So I started doing a lot of stuff with my church and our adoption was going great. And then six months in, we almost lost our daughter to an unfit biological family member coming in and fighting us for our daughter who we had seen get born and been with for 10 months. Um, And so that is the first time in my life that the ground was just shaking and everything was pulled out from under me. Um, I feel like I'd been on a lot of mountaintops before that. Everything had kind of worked out. And that was the first time that no matter how good I was, no matter how much of an Enneagram 3 I am, where I make everything work, (laughs) that there was nothing I could do. It was completely up to the judge um, what decision he was going to make. And That's like the worst feeling, too, when you (sighs) want to control something, but you have no control over it. No control. No control. Like I was telling you before, like I'm kind of going through that right now, and it's just like... Letting go is like probably the hardest thing. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like everything up to that point was very, I measured all of my success and everything I was doing in my life on, sounds horrible, material things. Like what I could do, what I could achieve. And that was the first time I'm like, who cares? I don't care about anything anymore except for keeping my family together. Right. And so it made me stop and reevaluate my life. And it's like, okay, God, I feel like you're leading me into a completely different phase of my life. I don't know what that is. I know that I've got the creative fashion hair world kind of in one corner. I've got <laughs> the marketing world in one corner. I've got ministry in one corner where I do teen and worship ministry. And then you've put this adoption world in my life where I have people messaging me every day asking me about adoption. How do I make all this collide? And the word that came to my head was she. Like that's what all of them had in common. It was mainly women of all ages that I was doing ministry with and it's like, what, what, what is something kind of unique about me? Well, I'm born and raised in Nashville. People make fun of me for that all the time because I'm just so Nashville, they you say. You guys are unicorns. We are unicorns. As they say now. Yeah. And so the word Nashville was born. I thought that it would be everywhere. I started doing some research. Nobody had ever thought about it. And I'm like, Tennessee. Nobody had ever thought of it. Hadn't ever even been hashtagged. You know what's crazy? When I first saw it on Instagram, because I saw it, the brand before I even met you guys. And I was like, that's really good. <laughs> Yeah. Like it just goes so like it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And, and again, you just, you start looking into it. Then we're like, okay, we've kind of expanded into some other cities. And so it's okay. What do I do? I've got the word. What do I do now? And actually the CSO of my network marketing company said, Hey, the guy who does all of our branding actually lives in Nashville. Why don't you give him a call and see what he thinks about this brand? So called him, sat down with him. He's like, this is brilliant. Let's go. You got to start your blog like yesterday. And I was automatically like, eh, not happening, not doing that. That's going to feel like writing a book report every day. There goes that dream. Okay, should I work at Starbucks? What should I do? Like, move on to the next thing. And I called my best friend, and she's like, Brooke, Maddie is closing down her restaurant. She feels like she's supposed to go into writing full-time. And Maddie and I had met eight years prior in my best friend's wedding, the one that wow. I was talking to. That's really where we had met, and we hadn't really seen each other a lot. So... On a whim, texted Maddie, said, hey, you free for coffee? I've got this idea. And this is where she enters. (laughs) Yeah, it was um, very unexpected, for sure. Um, I, at that point, had, um, we both went, Nashville natives, went to University of Tennessee, so I had a um, creative writing degree from there. 
I do love writing. I always have. My dad's a songwriter. My mom's written a book. Like it's just like words are my yeah. language. As ignorant DNA. as that sounds, words are all language. But yeah, I love it. And um, and so I graduated with that degree. Knew that that's sort of where I wanted my work to go. But um, as with music business, when you have a writing degree, you don't generally have people like banging down your door to give you a job. <laughs> so I was 22 and actually moved to Austin. Um, just for a few years, just kind of to get away and be somewhere different, and um, just got a job at a steakhouse for cash, and um, because there is such a heavy wine focus in steakhouses, I fell in love with the world of wine. Like, I had always loved food and loved cooking and flavors and all that, and so I, from 22 to 28, worked in the food and wine industry in every capacity you could imagine, worked for an importer, worked for a winery, worked in restaurants, worked in retail, um, and just loved it. And, uh, sort of, I say now derailed from where I was really headed, but it, it, that's completely not the case because it built in me so many muscles. Yeah. I didn't know I needed. I feel like every era of our lives teaches us something. Yeah, it totally so. is. It's, it's like you have to get the full body workout and like right. sometimes you have to go through a season that maybe for me at that point just seemed like a fun season, but it actually, garnered a lot of skill sets that I wouldn't have had otherwise, I don't right. think. So, um, yeah, not to harp on that, long story short, I did that um, for six years and actually opened and ran a wine bar restaurant in Nashville um, called Salt and Vine, RIP Salt and Vine, for oh. two years. And uh, last spring 2018 just sort of felt like, just felt convicted like that that season was over and I loved it and it was fun. I mean, not to beat around the bush, it's exhausting. Like yeah. that industry work, will, yeah, beat you down. Um, and I had just gotten married the previous fall. And so it's like, it, it was different at that point. I didn't want it to be my entire life. And so, um, just sort of felt, you know, God put on my heart, like you still are going to write, like you've done this season, you've made connections, you're stronger, you know how to run a business, like, but I need you to use the gift of writing and I need you to encourage, you know, and minister to women. And so I was like, okay, that sounds great. Like mm -hmm. I'm going from working 17 hours a day and like fixing broken ovens to being able to write at home and like help people. This is Relax great. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I was like looking forward to sort of a relaxed summer. Like I'm just going to chill for a little bit. And then Brooke calls me three weeks after I close the restaurant <laughs> and is like, Hey, I'm starting this business. I was like, I hang up the phone. I'm not talking to you. Um, no, but I was like, I went, we went and had coffee and, and just sat down and she's just like this energetic, bubbling over visionary type person. And I'm like exhausted <laughs> coming off a two year business. I'm As like, she's Girl. smiling super yeah, wide she's and like, laughing. I'm like, you got to slow your roll right now. But, um, no, she just, she had this passion for women, which we've just heard and you can all see. And, um, you know, just said, I don't know where this is going to go, but I know I want this clothing brand to be a walking billboard for something bigger. That's just a community. Right of women in this city that can be rooted in love for each other and support for each other and just really create a network that's not just online and is not just an apparel company. It's something that where women know they can go to be heard and be safe and be, you know, included. And there's something that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit with you guys that I think you do a great job of that makes it feel like a community. And we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. You can tell that you two are like yin and yang. You know, you guys complement each other very well. And obviously the brand speaks for itself. And I'm excited to see where it goes for you guys. How important is it for you that when life throws things at you, that you continue to chase your passions? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's inevitable. Like the roadblocks will always be there. And what's interesting 
as a part of my story and Brooke kind of shared in hers with her adoption of her daughter is I feel like I love y'all's idea of forward because I feel like there's kind of two, at least in, in the last year and a half, two years of my life, there's kind of two springboards from which you can be propelled forward. And the first one of mine was that leaving this place that I loved and this career that I really enjoyed with kind of no idea what forward looked like, but you know, it was, it was movement out of a place of desire for something good. And that's awesome. But that's scary in and of itself. And I then, love that quote. <laughs> yeah, it just literally just made it up. It's, uh, no, just, um, no, it's true. That's very true. Um, but then there's the other side, which is a lot of times the side that get your attention and they're exactly what you said. It's when you hit roadblocks or you have valleys and you have to sit in them and say either, I'm going to sit in them and the world's going to keep going forward or I'm just going to learn how to go forward with it. And so for me, you know, that was July last year that Brooke and I started working together. Um, I knew very clearly that this was exactly where God wanted me to be. I didn't really know why, because truthfully I had no background in fashion, nor did I like pink, which I told her that day and continued to reiterate <laughs> to everyone that we talk with. Let's make it, a note though. She has pink on her shirt yes, right now. It's, <laughs> it, it's grown on me, you know? <laughs> you get you, your preferences change with age. Right. So anyway, last July we sit down and I'm like, I'm fired up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a voice for this company. I'm going to help really create the community that's behind the brand. And like, that was what, that was where my heart wanted to be. And so we sat down and obviously, um, orphans, adoption, birth moms, all that is Brooke's story. And so that was sort of the pillar that we were building off of. And so we sat down and we said, we want some more missions that focus on specific groups of women and so both being very strong in our faith and that's the root of why we do what we do we look back to scripture and most places you see take care of orphans it says take care of widows and so we said all right like we were 28 and 30 we don't really know what that means but like we'll figure it out and then we added um the mission of human trafficking because it is such an issue everywhere but especially in middle tennessee and nashville because of the interstates and tourism and it's it's a lot worse (laughs) here than than a lot of people know um, and my husband worked in that area. He was an attorney and um, dealt with a lot of the drug and trafficking um, cases for Davidson County. So he helped us set that up. And then we had planned to launch in September um, of last year, 2018, and I lost him very suddenly to a traumatic brain injury. And so we obviously pushed the launch back. It was at the end of October. Um, but just talk about out of nowhere um, – you know, we were both 28 and it was just a freak accident. And I remember like sitting there at some point in that month, which is kind of a blur and just like hurting deeper than you can ever imagine. But also like knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt, like, like God putting his hand on me and saying like, this is exactly where you're supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be here so that you can heal so that Nashville can be a catalyst for you to really learn how to serve and have compassion for people. But also there's this automatic sense of trust when you see someone walk the talk that they're talking. And because I'm in it, you know, we have people come out from all over, not because I'm doing it right or well, but it's just like we're, I'm walking it in real time. And like, we're very diligent to be honest and vulnerable about where we are. And that was the ultimate goal of what we wanted with the community. And, you know, I hate that it happened the way it did and I wouldn't choose it again, but it's amazing the work and the depth of work that we've been able to do and hope that we have hopefully been able to show people because of it. So it's like at that point, truthfully, Nashville let me move forward. Yeah, and I feel like it's very inspiring to hear both of your stories and, you know, 
would you say that God, you know, because like I was telling you guys before, like I recently just got a relationship and I've kind of really relied on God and praying um, to help me kind of get out of the rut and move forward. Um, but I heard an interesting quote the other day. It was like, you never move on, you move forward. Yeah. What do you think was like the deciding factor or not deciding factor, but like, what do you think helped both of you kind of move forward? Was there a certain element that like sparked it? I remember for me, it was a certain scripture because for me, I'm like, God, why would you allow in our case, this person to come after us and try to take our daughter? I don't understand in a world that you would allow this to happen. You know, we automatically just think God is allowing us stuff. And I was actually in Exodus and it said over and over again in scripture that God hardened Pharaoh's heart to come after Moses. And the reason why that happened was so that obviously the Red could be parted. God hardened Pharaoh's heart to make all the plagues happen and everything. And Pharaoh kept on saying, okay, this plague was bad enough. Go ahead, Moses, take all your people, go to the promised land, I'll let you go. And when I kept on seeing that over and over again in scripture, but God, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it made me realize so many times people's hearts have to be hard and they have to come after us on our great journey to the promised land in order for his great work to be shown. And the Red Seas were parted and the Israelites were able to walk through and none of that would have happened without Pharaoh's heart being hardened yeah. and after him coming after Moses and pursuing that. And for me, it just right then and there, I'm like, this is part of his plan. It's going to be okay. And it was, and I wouldn't have the story I have. I wouldn't have been able to move forward and had the same kind of tenacity I have in my life without any of that happening. I love that. That's so. great. Maddie, how about you? Um, I think, uh, for me, I was, pouring into every scripture I could possibly take in at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, so it wasn't necessarily quite the same in that regard. But um, to answer your earlier question, yes. The reason, the reason that there is beauty and that I can smile a year out when I talk about Ben and losing him and everything about it is because of the Lord 100%. Like the things I will say that we read or that people quote you that seem trite or like just like trying to sugarcoat shit with scripture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it comes alive when you're, when you really are at a point where you're, you can't do anything for yourself. And right. so th those things are really true when you lean into them. But for me, I think what really propelled me to move forward through that instead of just sitting in it, which quite honestly I mean, I do in moments, but I, I don't right. think anyone would have faulted me if I like shut down and was like, I can't do this. But I just remember sitting at our old house because I've since moved out of our house um, and sitting on the porch, which was like my space. And for a long time, for several weeks after Ben died, I couldn't even, I couldn't pray. So I would just read, like I just couldn't generate it. And I just remember sitting there at some point being like, don't waste this, like, God, do not waste what I'm going through because the only way I'll not be okay is if you don't use it to do something amazing. And if you do use it to do something amazing, I can do it with you. But I, I can't have you waste this pain. And so I'll take the step forward, but you have to match it. Like, right. I know it's not like I'm like negotiating with God. Like, that's a joke. But honestly, I I, I, I've done that too. You know, yeah. it's like, if I do this, like meet me there. Or meet yeah. me halfway. Yeah. But, and it really was, it was like, I know you've got me. I know you're not leaving me. I don't understand. But if you will just match every bit of pain that I feel with joy or with healing for someone else, then, like, I can do this one step at a time. 
And that's forward. It's like, it's it's this nice grand idea of like, I'm going to power through and like, I'm going to exceed these expectations, but it's really like one breath and one stumbly step at a time. It is literally, yeah, one minute at a time, one second at a time. For sure. No, I I hear you. I personally, right now I can relate a little, I mean, not fully to that, but losing someone in a different way, you know, it's, it's Every loss is loss. That's what I've tried to tell people this year is, you know, it might be a job, it might be a girlfriend, it might, you know be anything but when you something that's a part of you is no longer there like you have to be diligent to like let yourself heal but also make those steps moment by moment and like they all hurt it just doesn't matter if it's some grand loss or something that seems trivial like right it takes work to move Uh, forward it's a great point it does anything worth in this life takes work right yeah absolutely so why not work for recovering from a loss yeah um, and that's a lot of what we want to do i mean that's nashville yeah. and like, I, I that's what i like the brand is just if you go to the website and just read it you're like wow this is they're gonna do some sweet stuff and i love that you guys have you have probably like 10 or 10 to 15 philanthropy nonprofits that you work with <laughs> yeah kind of when we started we didn't want to be a nonprofit ourselves because we both are business women and we're like we want this to be an incredible business where we just get to help a lot of different people yeah. And we did not want to reinvent the wheel. There's already incredible women and men doing great things here and beyond. I'm not going to go in and try to be the best nonprofit at helping orphans when there's already great nonprofits doing that. I'm just going to be the center of the wheel that kind of shoots people to them and other places. So we have three main nonprofit partners that we have for orphans, widows, and trafficked women for orphans um, and vulnerable children. We actually picked Loved Loved One International it's actually ran and founded by a woman that lives in Nashville. She's incredible. And then for um, widows, we found Modern Widows Club. And Maddie has a really cool story with that, how she's kind of connected to the founder. And then for in slavery, um, for trafficking women, we did in slavery, which they have done incredible things for women as well. They're kind of the pioneers of that. And I love that we get to honor Ben, her husband, with right. our trafficking arm because that's not something we even thought of and he's the one that kind that of connected that connected that and yeah. so I feel like obviously my story's orphans hers now is widow and we get to honor him every day through the trafficking so for me it was very important on the orphan side of it to not only pick just one person in general because I'm a domestic adoptive mom which mm-hmm. means that my child came from America and I think in God's eyes all kids are kids regardless so I don't think it matters where they come from but I wanted to help all the domestic adoption partners in Nashville. So we pick a different one every month. We just did a huge foster care drive um, that so many women from Nashville came out and helped with. And then we also help a lot of different trafficking through the district attorney's office too. And for widows, there's not sadly a ton that you can really help um, besides Modern Widows Club. But I think Maddie needs to share her story with how she's connected to that woman. (laughs) It's really cool. Yeah. So um, after we didn't have a, specific partner to serve widows um until after ben died and then i called brooke and was basically like all right we need to find this group now because it is an intimate part of my story and basically told her i was like i don't have the energy to find it so i need you to find it and so she called me back and essentially was like i have good news and bad news the good news is i found one the bad news is it's the only one so i hope (laughs) you like it like because there truly isn't anything out there specific and you know a lot of churches serve it but you serve that that group but it's also, you know, just something people assume to be elderly women. And so it's, it's just a weird area to navigate. Right. And um, so anyway, we got in touch with Modern Widows Club. And, and as, you know, fate would have it, they were opening their Nashville chapter 
the, the following January, which was this past January, 2019. Um, and so they've been really great to sort of walk with me through it. But what we love about them is essentially they serve in every capacity that you need when you lose a spouse, which is like obviously counseling, um, spiritually, emotionally, practically in terms of, do you have kids? Have you, did, did they have a will? Do you have insurance? So they just navigate most of that for you. And they give you mentors to walk through it with you. So yeah, it was really cool to find them. I think the point was I went on a rabbit trail there. <laughs> the founder, um, I came to find out after we started sort of inquiring about what they do and could we partner with them, um, is a woman from Orlando named Carolyn Moore. And she and her husband had a architect design firm in the nineties, two thousands. And after I met with her, her husband and she happened to be the lead designers on my childhood home that my parents built in Franklin like 25 years wow. ago. So just crazy. Like things like that just Full circle happen right there. all the time. I know. So it's like, it's really awesome. We're actually getting to do a, a one year anniversary party fundraiser for Modern Widows um, there in October. The that new is owners crazy are though. Graciously yeah. letting us use it. So like, it's just, it's, it's super wild. This, if yeah. we write a book one day, the things that have happened since we said yes to this and started going, you just could not make them up. You, you, There's no. just so it's many. Like a, it's like a Hollywood script. It, it really, I mean, it's. I hope it's a Hollywood script, <laughs> script someday. Hey, I've already picked Reese Witherspoon to play me. So <laughs> I call that one. <laughs> well, she's in Nashville sometimes, you know? Yeah. Hey, we're actually having an event. Shout out Draper James. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I saw that on that. your calendar. Yeah. Uh, is that this week? August 29th next week. is Thursday. It's my I'll be there. It's yes. my neck of the woods. Um, what does success for Nashville look like? I think kind of why we started this in the first place is we wanted community and we wanted inclusion. I feel like there are so many people moving here from different places, and then you do have the natives, and I feel like we're kind of pinned against each other sometimes, right. and we didn't want that. We just wanted somewhere that no matter who you are, what your background was, what you believe in, we give you a place where you can come and serve. You're going to be having girls' nights anyways and getting out. You might mm -hmm. as well have a way that you can give back to different things while you do it. No so doubt. You'll see a lot of our events are downtown on Broadway where you can come and have, have a drink and hang out. But <laughs> you better believe some of that money is going back to a kid or an orphan yeah. or a widow. So. I love it. Yeah, I think something that from the beginning we've been diligent to try to do is, um, you know, the topics we talk about and the people we advocate for and serve, like they're, they're tough topics. And so just like Brooke said, we want to create a community among women in Nashville and nationally. We have a big national following and hope to grow into other cities. Um, you know, to, to create community with those women in a way that's fun and that is uplifting um, and that in turn can go back and serve women and children in those walks that, that day in, day out are generally a lot tougher than the walks we're all walking. Mm -hmm. So um, I think success is definitely, um, will be measured by national growth too. I mean, we're not at any capacity to be churning out big production in other cities yet, but that's certainly where we want to go because you know, the, the people we serve and the trials we face, like they're not local to Nashville. Yeah, they're no, everywhere. They're every everywhere. woman, every person. So that's definitely, that's where we're headed. Well, I, and I love, and I said, I wanted to get back to it from the beginning. Um, the events that you guys host. I mean, I went and looked at your calendar. I mean, you have, you've been doing them for quite some time and I know you have a lot more in the, in the works, but like what a better way to create a community than to have those events. And I'm curious, like, what sparked the idea to do that? Was it to not only drive awareness to the brand, but was that how you kind of got it out there versus, like, the typical, you know, social media, you know, advertising, all that mm -hmm. stuff? 
Uh, neither of us can sit still. That's <laughs> the real answer. Yeah. Short and sweet. I like yeah. it. I mean, from the very beginning, when, like I said, when he said you have to start a blog, I had thought that it was going to be a huge warehouse of a building that had a coffee shop, a salon, and just all the everyday things girls want to do, and we could do them all together. And then I was like, no, you don't need one building to do that. Yeah. We want to get out in the community, and I want to highlight a small business from a woman. I, she has a flower shop. We're going to go have an event there and sell our clothes and right. tell people to come support her flower shop. So what I love about clothing, and I'm sure you can agree, it's the best way to have walking billboards oh, everywhere. Yeah. Whenever I see someone walking down 12 South and they're not even buying something and I've got customers like standing there, I'm like, oh, hey. You know, it's like yeah. clearly they like my stuff too. So Exactly. Exactly, yeah. And when you already have people that like the same kind of clothes and the brand, why not go ahead and if they have a common denominator of wanting to give back or help, like I know you're very philanthropic too, why not go ahead and just have events where they all can come and be giving back and wear your clothes and buy your clothes? Like it's a no brainer to it's, us. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think it's, like I was saying, it's one of the best ways to create that community. So, Well, and even just from a business perspective, like Brooke's certainly the marketing expert and she does a killer job on our social media, which I neither know the logins to nor touch. <laughs> um, but is, besides, that the, is that for the best? <laughs> that is for the best. Besides <laughs> periodically proofreading her posts and telling her which your is wrong and which it's is wrong. And, um, no, I'm just kidding. She's very, very good at it. Um, but from a business perspective, I feel like, you know, in the social media culture we're in and stuff, like we're just inundated with stuff all the time and like I'm not again educated with marketing so my mind's always like how on earth do you really get this in front of people because they see half a million things a day pop up wherever they are and so I think I think a lot of what we wanted to do was try to take it a step forward which is actually kind of a step backward in terms of the way that people normally you know create followership and um, go back to the days of we really want to meet the people that follow us and we want them to meet each other and we want it to be more than just something you scroll on your phone and it's certainly something we scroll on our phone and that's a huge component but we wanted to really be able to you know be the hands and feet of Jesus and like be there for people who really need another person yeah in those rough times or good times what's the experience you know you said something there that struck a chord with me I remember when I started the van, it was like, I had some people like, why don't you just like use Instagram and try to grow it that way? And I'm like, because when people can come and talk to me and see my product and know how passionate I am about not only the product, but the brand, they're going to come back and buy more. Yeah. And that's kind of what has happened over the last few years, right? They've, they know me now and like they kind of associate me with the brand, which is good and bad, you know, if something bad ever happened, but I don't <laughs> anticipate that. But, you know, it's like, it, it, there is nothing you can replace with face-to-face it's true you know, yeah people are they don't need more products but they're hungry for i think real connection and right. so if part of what we do is creating real connection yeah it's hard at first because you feel like you're just pounding the pavement and there's like no return on that investment but like we truly believe that that is laying the foundation that will that will sustain us in the months where maybe sales aren't big and hopefully then have other months where it propels them big time. Propels? Propels? Propels. Wow. <laughs> Propels them big time. That's the Nashville coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Propels. I love it. For someone that's starting a business or two people that are starting a business, what is your biggest advice or experience sharing that you could offer? I think so many people come came to me and were like, okay, what's your business plan? What's this? What's that? What is 10 months out? And that's very Maddie. She is very 
like structured and logistical and stuff. And I am just kind of one of those fly by the seat of my pants person. I have a vision, but mm -hmm. it's going to be successful. And so I think, yes, be organized and have a plan laid out, but don't get so involved in having all the logistics worked out that you don't even get started. Right. Because there were so many reasons for me to not do this. I had a great business. Everything was going great. Right. And um, Maddie, too, even with her restaurant, you know, it was a great branding, great business. But when you hear that voice telling you it's time to move forward and I need you to start something that's going to be a little scary, you need to jump and just right. do it. Well, something and, that I, that you said there, people will come up and they're like, how, so how did you start? I was like, well, I had an idea and I just printed some shirts. And well, how many did you print? I don't know, 20. Well, how, how did you know that was enough? Well, I didn't. You know, it's like right. I just printed stuff up, and as I kept going, I knew okay, I need fifteen mediums and not twelve or this or that. Right. You know, so in a sense, you have to be organized, but you have to kind of just take the risk. And I would say too, if I were doing this by myself, which when I asked you if you were doing it by yourself, like how amazing that was, <laughs> Maddie and I balance each other out so perfectly. If I did not have her for the everyday to day things. Um, it would have probably already failed. And I mean, very much so I'm the cheerleader. She's a valedictorian. Like you need both. You need right. Definitely both. Um, and we help each other not take it too seriously and we have fun. And if you have somebody that you could do it with, that could kind of take the things that you hate to do. It, it really has made it so enjoyable and two sides being seen at all times. Yeah. We're a big proponents of stay in your lane. So I will never be designing our product and she will never be running spreadsheets yeah. um, or writing the blog. So uh, we know we joke about it all the time, but um, it's good to have the checks and balances if you can. And if you don't and you are a solopreneur, I think that's a new term I heard recently, <laughs> you know, just have a good community to check and balance you that they really know you. Um, but I think, I think one of the things that I would, I would advise people is um, if you want to start something and you know in your heart that there is a need for it, don't don't let other people sh reshape the initial vision that you have because mm -hmm. I certainly did that in retrospect in ways um, with my first business and I loved it and I'm I'm so proud of it and it like I said it was a great season but I think I was a little unsure and insecure and had a hard time sticking true to what I saw because. Maybe there were other people who didn't see it working the way that I saw it. And so right. I shifted and changed and added and, and it still was great, but it, I did divert from my original vision. And I think that that in turn sort of led me to burn out on it quicker than I would have. And with Nashville, I like remember the first few months <laughs> explaining to people what we were doing <laughs> and like, you probably got this, you get a lot of like really puzzled faces and like furrowed eyebrows and people trying to be like, I don't understand. And it's like, okay, you don't need to really change your vision. You need to just sharpen your elevator pitch. So, right. you know, all that to say, don't let other people's misunderstanding take away from what you see and where you're going, because it's not going to be exactly how you pictured. But if, if you're honest about the things that need to be shifted, right. um, but still don't let your sights off what you want to build, like, People will get it. I, I, I agree. I, and I love that because I think that for me, being out in the open for the last three years, literally testing the product and, and selling it and being out of a van, right? I get a lot of awesome people that come up and like, this is so cool, blah, blah, blah. And then I get people that are like, but 25 bucks for a shirt, like you're selling out of a van, you know, like kind of very derogatory 
like you sell shirts out of a van kind of guy. Um, so I think what I've had to do is kind of like really check myself and say, look, like that's not a reflection on you and your vision. This is just, people would probably kill to be able to do what you're doing. Um, so that's a great point that you make because you got to stay true to like your vision. Yeah, and you can't be everything for everyone because if right. you are, you're definitely diluting what you pictured in the first place. Right. And I think we both at the very beginning said, okay, we are not going to be a political <laughs> feminist group. Like it's very important to us to be women and girly, but we love men. You don't have to step on them and make them rise. And that's going to make a lot of women mad as saying that, but we don't care. We're going to be a business for I the like people that, who, who we're for. And the people we're not, that's fine if we're not. So I think just not trying to people please everybody because that's going to end up making you completely divert from your original intention and just right. being the brand for the people who appreciate it and want it, it's going to be totally worth it. I like that. I think too, like there is a happy medium that you can have and that's kind of what you guys are going after. Right? You want to empower women, but you also don't want to, like you were saying, step on men to get there. And I don't think you have to do that. So I think that's awesome. No, there's tons of men that um, we definitely wouldn't be sitting here where we are if it weren't for them. And God bless a lot of our friends. Just put that big old black snapback with the pink she on it and just <laughs> rock it and go. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll rock one of those. When people interact with Nash Sheville, what do you hope their biggest takeaway is? I think we need the Jeopardy music. <laughs> there's just so many things to say. I mean, for me... I hope that they think the clothes are cute and want to wear them because they like them, but I hope they are proud to be a walking billboard for us. And when people say Nashville, what does that mean? I hope they are excited to say, hey, they're celebrating sisterhood and they get back to orphans, widows, and trafficked women, or say women and children, if that's easier for you. And just something that people are proud to belong to and someplace they feel like they belong. I think, yeah, to piggyback on that, like we're in a culture that is incredibly divisive in a thousand different ways. Uh And, um, you know, we, we certainly have things personally that we stand for and that we don't, but I think what we want from Nashville is always inclusion, but not based on anything besides that you're strong in who you are as a person, as a woman, and that you can be strong in that without having to try to make other people feel weaker and that you know something I love the reason that it's Nashville I mean we both grew up here and there's something that I don't know why this just came to my head but when we were like working on the mission statements I like had this picture of like the quintessential southern <laughs> woman because you know you like picture steel yeah. magnolias and like they are so sassy and like so strong and like you cannot mess with them but they would do anything and everything for the people that they love. And so it's just like that balance of strength and grace, I think is for me what I hope people see in us on our good days. (laughs) Um, And that I hope they can, you know, pull from our community is like, you can, you can be strong and powerful, but you also need to have grace and you need to be kind. And those things are not, they're not, they're not, you know, oxymorons. You can really be both. Yeah. Well, I think, again, it goes back to finding that, that balance and that medium, mm-hmm. right? And totally. in the little bit that I've known you guys, I think it's evident that you guys are confident and bosses, you know, like, you know what you're doing. But at the same time, you've got a softness to yourself that, you know, people can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that. 
the first um, big fundraiser we did at AJ's Good Time downtown was for foster care, and um, we did it on the karaoke floor because, like, there really is no other floor. <laughs> and so after it was done, we, like, had all our girlfriends who, you know, we had voluntold to work the event, and they were all <laughs> staying, and we, like, you know, had some drinks, and we were singing karaoke, and, like, <laughs> Brooke and I made one of our other friends, like, get off the stage, and, like, Brooke's legit a great singer. She, like, leads her worship at her church, <laughs> and I'm, like, you know, decent enough, but nothing to write home about. And we get off, and we'd like done fancy or some big Reba song. And our our good friend Courtney's mom, who the one that connected us, came up and she goes, "Well, none of you girls have a confidence issue." (laughs) 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 And I was like, "Well, you're right." (laughs) I think too. I I love doing karaoke so much, and always get off, you know. And everybody's like, "Yeah, good job." And Maddie, the first time I did karaoke in front of her, she goes, "Settle, settle." Oh, that's why we're such perfect partners. You're going to call me out. That's great. Nothing about Brooke is subtle. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right, guys. So before I get to my last question, where can we find you on social media, website, um, all that stuff? My baby is Instagram. So Nashville underscore, because there's some random person that just misspelled Nashville and has the actual Nashville (laughs) tag. And And that's just N-A-S-H-E-V-I-L-E. Um, underscore and then we also have our website that you can purchase things from and then like we said we love to do pop-ups so we can highlight other women's endeavors as well so if you will check out our calendar Maddie does an incredible job keeping that up to date yeah definitely um, if you go to www.nashieville.com there's a whole events tab that has the calendar everything's plugged in ticket information time place all that um, and then you can also old school, but subscribe to our newsletter at the bottom that just goes out once a week and gives you the bullet point updates if you're not super active on Instagram or Facebook. And just shout out something consistent that we're going to be doing the first Tuesday of every single month at Cross Point in Nashville. It's across from Top Golf. We pick a different organization to do a drive for, and this is for every single woman in Nashville to come to, and we'll have like some food and some drinks and you get to know each other and you get to help out one of the organizations. So that will be on our Instagram too. Awesome. I love it. So if there was one word for both of you guys, and this is like a separate, both of you answer. That's good. Cause we wouldn't compromise <laughs> <them> together. <laughs> if there was one word you want to be remembered as, what would that word be? mine would be encourager that's something I'm very excited and proud of why would you say that I think that that's just something that God's put on my heart to be very passionate about is just noticing in women if there's something they're self-conscious about or something that they need some kind of encouragement for it's just Mm -hmm. being that person to be that voice I don't think this is really a good word but the purpose behind it, I think, is good. You know, I'm someone that friends, family, anyone in a time of struggle, and this is before even my personal, you know, year struggle had, had happened, but just someone that you can come to to help you carry the hard moments in your life and just shoulder them for you because um, I feel like for better or worse, the Lord did make me a pretty strong person, which comes out as being really stubborn sometimes. Um, but, you know, a lot of people face things that they just need more than one shoulder to carry and so I hope I can be a carrier for people those are both awesome answers and guys I hope you had a blast I I really enjoyed having you guys on Um, anything I can do for Nashville you let me know 
I'm a big supporter. Um, Do you have an extra VW bug? Not at the moment, but I can help you find one. Yeah. All right, done. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again. I hope you hope you enjoyed it, and uh, look forward to watching you guys crush it and continue to grow. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're just gonna be living forward. Love it. <laughs>